Welcome to the Art First Interiors podcast, brought to you by Curious Egg. I'm Lorraine Aaron, an artist who designs interiors. I'm passionate about the way art can change our lives and improve our home environments, and I love interiors with art at their soul. Here on the Art First Interiors podcast, I talk to like-minded creative people, including fellow artists, interior designers and homemakers, exploring how art affects their lives, the places they live and the spaces they create. Join me to discover the power of art to transform your home. In this episode, I chat to Lou Watkins, whose beautiful colour-filled home she uses to showcase her growing collection of vintage art and styling collaborations with exciting emerging artists. She's famous on Instagram for her gorgeous home library in which she displays art in inspiring ways. We talk about how to buy art in a budget with your heart and your head, her favourite go-to places to find affordable art, and how being brave and approaching artists on social media can be a winning outcome for all involved. I am so delighted to have you onto the podcast this morning. Um, I discovered you on Instagram a long time ago and your gorgeous home. Um, and of course, you're kind of insta-famous, I would say, for your iconic library. Um, and that's kind of, you kind of always know you're on your feed when you see your beautiful library in your home. Um, but you've kind of started to use that to sort of showcase um artists and artworks and I kind of was interested to find out how that started I mean what what got you into displaying art there and and generally kind of doing these really creative displays in your home oh um okay well I think probably I've always bought art in a kind of um very amateurish way um so I've always enjoyed seeing other people's artistry and creativity based on the fact that I have zero of my own. Um, so I guess it's just something that I, for me, kind of pulls together a room um, and gives you a focal point. Um, yeah. And I have just carried on doing that, quite oblivious really, to what impact that has on Instagram. It's For me, my Instagram is very much about what just makes me happy. I'm not very thoughtful about algorithms or trends or popularity sure, yeah. um, I don't redecorate according to the latest theme of the year so I guess for me it's just been about just doing my thing and putting it up and if people like it that's lovely um, and then people have commented on the art and they have asked me where I've, I've found things or sourced things and and if it's a contemporary artist then that's great um, because it gives them a little bit of publicity and so it kind of just naturally evolved um, but it wasn't an in intentional kind of USP if you know what I mean. I mean that's really interesting so you know I, I think I've um, sort of noticed uh, a, just a kind of change even in the way the kind of art you're showing and, and I was interested in, in when you're sort of choosing art for your home um, I mean what what do you feel it's bringing you know what what is it bringing to each room what what do you think it adds to it and and how does that sort of affect how you, how you choose the pieces? I think that I choose art for different reasons in different environments. So I have got, say, in my bedroom, I've got a gallery wall. And to be honest, I've been very thoughtful there about choosing art that's of a very similar colour scheme, which is 
you know, not necessarily about each individual piece, but it's about how the pieces all fit together as a whole. So when I'm creating a gallery wall, sometimes I'm actually being playful about themes and colors. Um, and I'm thinking more about the impact of, of all of it combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love each individual piece, but because they're smaller and therefore they are uh, less impactful, then each piece yep. in its own right doesn't necessarily demand attention and have to hold a room all by itself. Sure, so it kind of and works you, as a yeah. whole. So then yep. you can go for things that are a little bit more delicate um, yep. and you can go for things that are a bit more fine line. Um, I go for a lot more prints when I'm doing a gallery wall, for instance. Um, and you are probably going for something that you know you want to get up close to and you want to look at um, if you want to look at each individual piece, but actually when you stand back, it's the whole combined that's giving you a, a sort of sense of presence in the room. Um, when I buy perhaps a statement piece of art, a much larger piece of art, then it's probably more important to me what the actual subject is. Um, sure. And yeah. then I'm probably more drawn to something, portraits are things that I tend to be drawn to. Um, and then it tends to be a little bit more about the mastery of that particular piece. Sure, yeah. Um, and I think that's really, really evident in in the rooms. Um, in each room in your home, it has a really quite a, a different feel. There's a different sort of energy. Um, but, I mean, how th- that takes a certain confidence to know kind of how you're going to use the art in the room and what, what kind of impact that will have. As you say, there's some quieter pieces that can work together as a group, which I think is a really lovely idea and... Um, quite helpful for people when they're thinking about the kind of energy in a bedroom you know you're it's a it's a much it's more restful energy. yeah you need yeah. to be a little bit more restful which is why I tend to go in my bedroom I tend to go for pieces that are uh, more black and white more finely drawn um, they're not mm. very kind of busy um, yep. and I think they kind of create a sort of sense of harmony together um Downstairs uh, in my living room, I tend to have slightly more dramatic pieces. Um, and I'm not sure how conscious that's been, really. I think all I do is just um, buy art that I love and that I like. Um, and then I figure out sometimes where I'm going to put it. Um, and sometimes that means that when I change a room, something that I still love and that I've always loved just doesn't feel right in there anymore and then I either find a home for it somewhere else or I just temporarily retire it slightly um, and it's kept safe somewhere and then I bring it back out again and I move it around at a different point when um, I kind of want to create a different atmosphere again so yeah um, I never I've never ever sold art on or got rid of art so when I buy I buy permanently um, and then that piece usually stays up permanently but it might move around Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and just going back to that kind of confidence in buying, I mean, it might be difficult to remember, but can you can you think of a time when you first bought a piece that was actually yours? It might have been just a casual purchase print online or something you picked up at market. Can you can you remember that? I can. And actually, this is going to make me sound really kind of pretentious as a teenager. But um, I, I left school uh, after my A-levels and I actually worked for a couple of years to save up money to be able to go to university. Um, and so I actually at 18 was working for a PR company that downstairs there was an art gallery. Um, mm-hmm. And I bought from my first ever paycheck a little piece of art. 
from them. So um, actually, I've been buying art from the very first moment I started earning. Um, not necessarily every single month and not necessarily um, all the way throughout. For instance, when I was at university, et cetera, and when I had perhaps you know, jobs that weren't quite so well paid or when I first bought my house and I had other things I needed to spend money on, um, then I didn't and I was just buying prints. But in terms of originals, the first thing I ever bought um, is a painting that's up in my guest room still, which is a little green landscape by an artist called Gail, who is not famous as far as I'm aware, and I've probably mm. not appreciated any value whatsoever, but that's not why I buy art. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a little green landscape um, uh, of kind of overlooking people's gardens, um, almost kind of um, like backyards sort of thing. Um, yeah, same and yeah, it's really small. <laughs> it's about a, probably about A4. Um, and if you look at the gallery wall pictures in my guest room, which don't, I don't necessarily post very often, it's up there right in the middle. How lovely. And it's lovely you've kind of kept that all this time as a kind of, it's a, a little marker of your, um, the start of your art buying. Um, but, but I mean, that in itself, I mean, that piece, to make that decision to buy that piece, it's, it can seem unusual to some people, you know, to think that, you know, you got that paycheck and you decide to do that. It. Yeah, I just liked it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I think for me, I... I just go for what I, I like and what I'm drawn to. Obviously, when I bought that piece, I didn't even own a house. I wasn't even, um, you know, I, I wasn't even renting. I was, I still had a bedroom in my parents' house. Um, so, <laughs> I, I think it's just about. I, I mean, that piece was wasn't expensive. I mean, you know, I was only earning like a tiny amount of money, so yeah. it, it was a very small piece. It wasn't expensive. A completely unknown artist. I suppose confidence comes for two reasons, doesn't it? You're either not sure that actually what you're buying is something you're going to like when it arrives and therefore you're not sure it's worth the money for you personally. It's not about its inherent value. It's just about whether or not you feel that you can buy something that could be quite expensive for you, a large proportion of your income, and then have to live with that for years. So I suppose from my perspective... The best thing I would probably recommend doing if you want to start to build up an original art collection is buy off of eBay, first of all, until you begin to understand how long you have a attachment to a piece. Because some people are quite fickle in life. And actually, yeah. if you're going to buy something and you're only going to put it up for a few months or maybe just a couple of years and then you're going to want to move it on and change it then I would say either buy vintage art that you can then put back on eBay afterwards and it just recycles itself um, or buy prints but if you're the sort of person that you know that actually you want something you're going to be attached to and you're going to keep it then I would say just put a little bit more thought and time into that do a little bit more window shopping follow an artist maybe on Instagram and see whether or not you like repeat versions of their work. And if you do and you get to see them at an art fair, because they'll often advertise which art fairs they're going to, then, you know, technically I'm advising you to stalk them. Do you know what I mean? And why not? You know, I'll go, you know, they're coming to a gallery near me. I'll go and see them in real life. And and they'll be like, oh, there's the weird woman from Instagram. Um, So, uh, so I'd say that, you know, talk to artists as well, you know, maybe yeah. sort of find out what they're working on, what's coming up, um, yep. you know, and, and, and I think if you do that sort of thing, you'll gradually just get a little bit more confident about feeling that the piece that you're buying, if you are intending to invest and you want that to be a long term attachment to that piece of art and you're expecting to keep it, 
then I think that's probably how you ease yourself into that. Going back to um, another interesting point you brought up, which was, and you've kind of touched on, is the consideration on money, of course. And I think mm. this is a, something that is always in the, it's the first thing people think about when they think of art, as though that's an expensive thing. And this is sometimes what drives people into, you know, I don't know, run into John Lewis, buy something off the shelf, run into whichever shop, you know, and, and just that'll do, stick it on the wall. Art's too expensive, I'm not going there. Um, do you think that art is elitist? How can we approach it in a way that is more accessible to everyone? I think that there are some pieces that are well, you have to bear in mind that people are obviously spending an awful lot of time creating these pieces um, mm. and therefore you're considering effectively their rates per hour um, and they have to make a living out of it because they might only sell one piece every six months and they have to somehow make sure that that covers their mortgage etc etc so you know there is a practical reason behind why some people price things but then beyond that I do think sometimes there is a a slight elitist greed that drives mm-hmm. prices because you're trying to make art something that is exclusive sure um, yep. and the more exclusive something is the more people crave it and therefore the price gets driven up so i would never really buy into that kind you know even if i was a millionaire uh, you know won the lottery mm. overnight i don't think that would necessarily change the way that i buy art um, I might be able to buy a piece that I love outright, but actually the way that I do things is well, several ways to make it accessible to me. Um, and I think I'd probably still do that to a certain extent. I certainly wouldn't be going out and buying huge pieces of huge, you know, vast fortunes mm. just because I could. So so how when, do you do it? How, how okay. do you sort of decide on a budget? How do you... Um, you know, decide what kind of pieces you're going to get that fit with I'd your like taste. I'd like to say I decide on a budget with great self-control, but actually I don't necessarily always. <laughs> so um, what I do is I, I do see pieces that I've walked away from because I just know that I've got a big car bill or I've got, um, you know, things. For instance, you know, in the summer, I spend a lot of money in my garden. Um, and so I tend not to buy art in the summer. And I have actually said to artists, yeah, I'll come back to you in September if the piece is still there, but I'm not buying <laughs> art over the summer because I like to spend it on plants and things in my garden um so, so it's I, seasonal art buying yeah it is for me <laughs> it is really genuinely yeah. for me it's like you know you want me to buy your art you know don't be mm-hmm. talking to me you around about like August yeah exactly um I need you know, to know seasonal sad syndrome to sort of like get out there and be feeling depressed and drinking more Sauvignon <laughs> and buying well randomly at 3am in the morning um so no I mean for me I I have walked away from art because I just know I can't afford it. And that might even be something that's only £100, you know. It's very reasonably fairly priced, but it's just not something I've got expendable income for in that month. And, of course, with art, quite often, it is actually a bit of a spontaneous buy. It's there one moment and then it's snapped up the next, eBay being a good example of that and sort of auctions on eBay. But when I'm able to afford a piece, um, I look at it. And it's in an art show and they've got own art as a a buying scheme, then Mm. I will always go down that option because then the price of the piece of art gets divided into 10 monthly installments. There's no interest rate on it. Um, And if you're looking at a piece of art that's worth £600, no way can I afford that in one go. Absolutely no way. But can I afford £60 a, a month over 10 months? Yeah, probably. The other thing that I've done is I have uh, 
I've I've worked with some galleries on Instagram where um, I've bought art from them um, in the past. And, you know, because they know me and they've sold to me before, they will sometimes come to me and say, we found this really amazing piece um, and we really think you're going to love it. And I look at it and I go, I do. Mm. and I can't afford it right now um <laughs> and and what they've done for me then is they have let me actually buy things in installments um mm. and That's I think a quite idea. a lot of small you know when you think about some of these sort of art dealers I, I wouldn't really call them galleries necessarily but kind of you know old-fashioned art dealers who are using Instagram as a, a selling platform I think quite often they would be prepared to sell you something in installments now yeah. in that scenario um, they have let me take the piece straight out and then I've paid them on a monthly basis um, through direct debit until that's paid off. Um, but obviously, I suppose if you're not, if you haven't built that relationship with them and they don't know you and you don't have that trust, then I expect they would probably want to hold on to the art until you'd paid it off and then sure. they would give it to you. Yeah. But either way, I'm sure yeah. if you asked a gallery, if you'd be open to you buying things in installments, there are a lot of small dealers that would prefer that than to have a piece sitting on a shelf and actually someone loving it but not ever being able to afford to buy it outright absolutely I think that you know I think that's such a good point and I think um you know the world's just got a bit more social with social media and I I I think that's kind of made conversations happen that maybe wouldn't have had you know wouldn't have come about in the past um Mm. and and I kind of say that to people all the time is you know talk to people I have as a gallery ourselves we've got you know part gallery is part of Curious Egg and you know we're open to things you know people ask uh, can ask questions about artists but but equally um, I think social media has made very informal uh, transactions happen and um, agreements happen and I, I mm. think that it's a really interesting area for art buying um, because yeah the artist wants to sell the gallery wants to sell the art buyer wants to have the piece of work so um make it happen you know I think there's there's lots of options out there and I think there's something there as well around sort of print buying too you know I mean there's a lot of people who um I, I mean I've I've got some pieces of art in my house um Tommy Fiendish and um Flo from uh, Flo and Leonco, and and basically mm-hmm. people have commented on the originals and they love them, but they can't necessarily afford them. And I know off the back of me having some artwork in my house that people have liked and admired, and then gone to follow them on their Instagram accounts, that they've moved um, prints off the back of that. Now, okay that's not the same as a one-off hit of one large piece of art so necessarily not how they best want to kind of pay their mortgage that month but every little bit is a slow build up towards them being seen more frequently on other people's homes on other people's posts getting getting the market more aware of who they are yeah no I think you're absolutely right I mean I think that's a really good point to say to have the conversation and also to artists out there to consider that as an option because I've certainly had a conversation with you know some of the young artists we take on graduating and um, some of them come out with this um, kind of kind of blinkered view that oh no I can't possibly make prints that's selling out and, and you know then people won't buy the original well you know, I, I sort of say to them, but there's going to be different markets that are interested mm. in your work. And the people that can't afford the, the original can't afford it. They won't ever buy that or certainly not for a long time. Um, but they will buy the print and the people that want the original will buy it. They won't want the print. So there's mm. two different markets there and you're losing out on a market, not considering that, especially a, a, 
you know, when you're emerging, when you do, as you say, you need to get your name out there. It's much easier to have a distribution of prints where lots of people are maybe buying small pieces, but showing them off, showing them on Instagram, you know, and um, maybe more likely to do so as a print, as maybe part of a gallery wall, or just, you know, it's not such an expensive purchase. Um, So they're often the ones that promote the art the best. Um, So I absolutely encourage it. And yeah, let's make it limited edition. So it's still something special, but I think it's a great way for sort of young emerging artists to to kind of get their name circulated and get it out there. Yeah, Um, I mean, you know, my answer to that would be like, you know, I, I appreciate the sentiment of what they're saying, but you know, honey, if it works for like, you know, Monet, you know what I mean? It's like there yeah. are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of prints of Monet that you can get anywhere in the world, you know. They even come on tea towels. Do you know what I mean? But there's someone <laughs> yeah. somewhere that's got the originals uh, and yeah. they love them. And it will blow your A yeah. lot of money on them. So, you know, I kind of get what they're saying, but at the same mm. time, that's that's the pretentious side of it. And yeah. I think that's a bit disappointing because I do think, you know, really, if you produce something and you're really proud of it and somebody else wants that up in their home but they can't afford the original I think that's a huge compliment to you isn't that exciting that somebody wants a piece of your art in their home and they can't necessarily afford it but they would be utterly delighted with the print and that will bring them an awful lot of pleasure and I think that's a huge compliment and a testament to your talent and your ability and there is absolutely nothing wrong with mass appeal I mean goodness me isn't that something that's exciting that actually lots of people love what you do um and absolutely that's not going to stop anyone from buying an original if anything it's probably going to make them more likely to buy an original because they're going to see your work they're going to have more access to it you know if, if you're too precious and careful then nobody even knows who you are to see your work because you've got no presence whereas if you've got a presence people see you and they go that's amazing then they go and look at your Instagram account or your social media account or your website and they think that's even more amazing and eventually they might have been buying your prints for years and then one day they can suddenly afford an original um and and that's 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 the other thing it's about relationships Mm. you know there are lots of artists that I've got their prints I would adore to own one of their originals I can't afford them but one day I might be able to Um, and in the meantime you chat to them you get to know them and you know I have had artists who bless their socks have actually said to me look Lou I know you love art I know you're going to love my piece I know you can't afford it at the price that it is you know I can't lower it perhaps quite to the point you're at at the moment but if ever you can you know pay x y or z let me know and I'll I'll do a piece for you at that price and I I have had you know I've got an artist who um very recently I've had a really honest conversation about the fact that I can't afford to buy anything at the moment and that person has said you know what that's absolutely fine because they were trying to they needed to sell their art to to make some money and so they had some quite big uh, reductions um and they said but the price that I've quoted you now whenever in the future I'll honor that price you can have what you know at that price um yeah and and I just think, wow, that's that's really lovely, and I'm I'm really sorry that I couldn't help them in the in the short term. But the fact that they were prepared to do that, and you know, people are nice to one another, and yeah. artists like buyers who really love their work and really respect it. And just because that buyer isn't in that position at that moment, doesn't mean to say you can't have a relationship where in the future you can work together. Um, in terms of you know that 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 relationship of being a buyer and an artist. Um, Absolutely, I think that's a great. It's a, it's kind of human beings. I mean, I think sometimes, 
you know, the world goes mad and thinks about the art world as this really inaccessible place. But the art world is basically artists. Yes, it has the whole gallery side, but artists are human beings and it's just about having conversations and really human conversations and um I think you've just really illustrated well there how how amazing things can come about just through building relationships and you know you might be following an artist on Instagram for a while starting to collect their work with prints but then yeah you might work up to that big piece and it's all come about through through nurturing that relationship mm. um and I think that's great advice um I mean, I think, you know, just to sort of finish off here, you know, if you were giving advice to people on starting to build a, a, just even a small collection, um, you know, where should they start? Where are, you, where are your go-to places that you think that's that's fairly comfortable place for people to, to start um, buying pieces? For me, I would say, I mean, I, I do believe that, you you know, you can probably go to the art schools, etc. And they probably have sort of the sort of end of year sort of exhibitions and things like mm-hmm. that. I've not done that myself, um, but I would imagine that that's probably a really kind of useful thing to potentially mm. do. So mm-hmm. um, I would definitely say keep an eye out for that sort of thing. Um, I haven't done it. So, you know, but I believe it, it, it's doable. So for me, um, the two go to places I'd recommend uh, aside from from that is eBay and Instagram. Two yeah. reasons. One, if you want to buy art, there's a lot of vintage art out there that hasn't got a home or is in somebody's attic and, and perhaps a family member has inherited it and doesn't like it and, and wants to get rid of it. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of art that's homeless and needs someone to love it. Mm. Um, and doesn't have somebody who's necessarily the artist themselves benefiting from it. It could actually be somebody that, that's found something in a flea market and is selling it on, you know. Um, but that's a good, a good go-to place. Vintage art is just, I don't know, for me, it's just got a story to it. Uh, it's got a little bit more romance to it. I mm. love the fact that I you know I buy a lot of uh, floral um still lifes um and you know i just love the fact that there might have been some sort of little kind of victorian spinster sort of painting away at that you know and um and i just i just you know i create little stories behind it i think it's lovely and the other thing as well is that quite a lot of it comes pre-framed you can get the most amazing gilt frames that you know come with the art in it um so you know why not so i definitely advocate buying um still lifes florals are very very uh cheap i'll say the word cheap um on ebay portraits there's a lot more competition and you do have to tend to bid you can't just buy outright um or you can't bid low bids and secure it um but you're still talking about buying pieces for under 100 pounds in some instances um yeah so I would say that. And then I would say Instagram is a really great place to find you know, young artists that aren't established yet, that are starting to sort of put their work out there. Um, and they potentially, therefore, have slightly more reasonable prices that are affordable for you. Um, yeah, and you started sort of collaborations with yeah. these. I mean, I think that's a, an interesting point, even to artists out there, you really using Instagram and influencers and and kind of doing co- uh, collaborations with people like yourself to show off their work yeah I mean I, one of the things that I've done is I think you when you see art up in a gallery uh, they're usually quite austere spaces they're usually very big spaces um, mm. and they're perhaps very bright white walls um, and it's really hard to see a piece of art and figure out the scale of it 
um, and how it actually would work in a home environment. Um, so what I've started to do is with some artists, they take photographs of their art in my house and then that gives them the ability to showcase to individuals what it looks like in a home environment. It contextualizes the art and I think that makes it a little bit less austere and scary. Yeah. Um, and that's no different, you know, if you buy a house, you know, that's why they kind of dress a show home, isn't it? It's to help people visualize what something's going to be like for them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that with art either. Yeah, um, I think you're right. So uh, so I've been starting to do that with some of them. With some of them, um, you know, I'll be really honest, they've been really, really generous and they've gifted me something because they're leveraging the followers that I've got to showcase a piece of their work which they don't have enough followers yet to be able to do the same for themselves and that's no sure. different to any other type of, of influencing that happens on social media absolutely um, and it's a good transaction in a way it's it, you know you're getting something special they're getting exposure it's it's, it's yeah, a great way to do it I think so I'm, I mean I think for me I, I've never I've always felt a little bit uneasy with that kind of kind of content creator influencer kind of label. I, I don't mm. see myself like that really. Uh, it's 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 not something necessarily that I I strive to be. But it, it, it sometimes is is perceived to be artificial, even yeah, though that's not necessarily true. It can but come I think across as a bit grabby. I think yeah. I think I think the, the there's a negative and a positive to every situation. Um, I think it's a hell of a lot of positivity around what people are able to do through social media. Um, but I, because you know those people are authentic, so it's not as if something's being created as a mass media package. You know, that individual is speaking to you because they're authentic. And if they're talking about something they genuinely adore and we genuinely spend money on and genuinely like, then I think that's something that actually um, can really resonate with their followers. Um, so there's nothing wrong with it. But then there are people who are just grabby and just, you know, don't really have an yeah. affinity for whatever it is that they're promoting. Um, and, and I think if you are an artist and you are considering working with influencers in the same way as anybody who's a small business, think really carefully about the person. Don't just go mm. with how many followers they've got. Absolutely, go with how yeah. passionately they're going to showcase your work or whatever it is, whether it's, it's, it's you're a small retailer and you're talking about furniture or you're an artist and you're talking about art. You know, look at what that person does with their space, how they talk about the things in their space, how often they feature the same things in their space, the mm. lifespan of an item in that person's home. Um, because some of the big influencers, yes, they've got much more short-term impact because they've got a larger following, but your piece of whatever it might be, uh, furniture, art, fabric, whatever, might only feature for a very limited period of time um, because they are constantly recycling because for them, they have to. It's a business and they have to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, and they will probably charge you for that too. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But that's how that's how they, you know, they're making a living out of it. It's a business for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's not about a freebie. These people are working very hard to promote you. Um, and therefore, they it's, it's a reasonable financial exchange. I don't do that because for me, this isn't my business. I don't want to do that. I haven't done it yet. And I don't really foresee I ever would. So sure. for me, it's about does something really feel like it would belong in my home and mm -hmm. feels right to me and I genuinely love it. And therefore, I will sometimes decline something, but pass that person on to somebody else that I think perhaps would be a better partnership. 
So it works mm-hmm. the other way. You know, if you're an artist and you want to reach out to an influencer, don't be hurt or offended if they say, no, it doesn't feel right for me. Um, but do ask them if they don't volunteer it. Do you know someone who you think it might be right for? Is yeah. there somebody you could recommend that I reach out to? And influencers will recommend each other. Um that's a, that's a really good point because I, th- I think you're absolutely right not to be offended. I think even even for small businesses, I know when we were starting out, you know, um, and you're asking people, could you show this piece? It's, it's, it's actually in your interest for them not to take a piece if it's not doesn't fit with their style or their brand. And it doesn't it's not going to do you any good anyway, because they're, they're not going to be able to show it off in the best light. Um, but as you say, they can maybe recommend somebody that it will be a better fit and and everybody wins that way um, yeah and so if you are an advice. artist you know and and you really love the way that someone talks about art or mm. enjoys art or showcases art in their home and you think oh I'd quite love it I'd quite like it if my art was in you know I feel quite proud mm. if my art was in their house then then go with that Yes, of course, you want somebody that's got probably over 10K followers in order for you to be able to get at least some kind of sort of social media leverage out of it. But a 10K person who really adores what you've got and features it quite regularly is probably over six months going to get you more exposure than somebody with 100K followers who maybe shows it it in stories even. Yes, that's right. It it might not even make it to a post or might make it to a post but it doesn't feature very often um, sure. so I think you know you just need to be a little bit savvy about are you are you wanting more of a slow burn or a very fast return and also do you want followers or do you want buyers because yeah. that's a different yes. thing that's you're a growing good point your too. social media presence and therefore a quick hit will get you followers in which case you might want to do a giveaway because that will get you followers but will mm. it get you buyers maybe not yeah um, but actually yeah. if you get your prints if you decide that you're going to do prints and you get your prints into several small influencers homes and that's getting seen regularly then gradually through a drip feed you're more likely to get people coming and buying prints from you um, and then gradually as the people buy prints and the word gets out you'll then start to maybe get people just following your instagram for the fact that they just love what you do and then they might see an original that they really adore mm. and before you know it a year yeah. down the line, someone's buying an original from you because they saw it originally in a very small Instagram um, accounts feed a year Absolutely. ago. Yeah, but it's a I longer th- term investment. That's that's so true. It can it can work in a, a cycle like that, and it can um, open doors to amazing opportunities. I think also just to say, and we talked about this, that it's not for everyone. Not everybody has the personality to be able to put themselves out on Instagram and really promote their work. Um, there sometimes is a role there for where yeah. galleries can do that, and they can do all of those things acting on your behalf so they can it's the same things we've talked about they can work with influencers or just people with really interesting accounts and you know we've done that sometimes we've even done that with you with where you, you should have um rachel's work it was beautifully yeah. and that sometimes helps for especially young artists coming out where they don't have the confidence to approach people and and um you know if you've got a good relationship with your gallery they will they'll work hard for you and they'll they'll, they'll do things like that so um yep yeah, 
great advice there right, for artists and art buyers um, together. And, and Lou, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on to the podcast this morning. It's been really great speaking to you. Um, oh, bless you. Of I was trying juicy not to nuggets swear. in there. I was trying not to swear and I was trying not to speak <laughs> yeah, too Yeah, you fast. didn't swear. That's great. <laughs> I, I think you I might have slipped the odd, the odd one in there. You might have to edit You can that do out. that. It's fine. It's, like, right. it's Saturday morning. People Depends are hungover. Depends on your target audience, too. doesn't it? But yeah, I think I, think I was reasonably well behaved <laughs> you were great you were great so thank you are you what are you got something nice planned today uh i'm going over to help uh marcy k designs put leopard print on her chicken shed so fabulous. um yeah that's she, a fabulous thing to yeah, she doing. needs to get it finished and so I'm, I'm going over i might take a little little cheeky sauvignon with me and um Absolutely. help her paint it in the sun fantastic we'll have a lovely day I'll thank, speak you, to you soon. thank you bye-bye okay, bye bye listening to this episode of the Art First Interiors podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and if so I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review. If you'd like to hear more please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at curioegg for more Art First Interiors chat and inspiration.